WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. If you're planning to visit a doctor, you might experience a longer than normal wait time. Corwell Health says the rising number of respiratory illnesses is putting their facilities near capacity. Corwell Health for West Michigan Vice President of Medical Affairs C.J. Gibson says they've seen a significant increase in patients with respiratory viruses resulting in longer waiting times. And Gibson says they're not yet seeing the levels seen during the height of the pandemic, but the cases are headed that way. But I would say that it's pushing us up towards those capacity type levels where we start reevaluating how we deliver care in certain areas. Because uh, as you can imagine, having that many people in the hospital at once, it makes it more difficult to do the things that you're usually doing. Gibson said if you're not feeling well, make sure you pick the right level of medical treatment before defaulting to the emergency room. There's a time to go to the emergency department and there's a time to utilize an urgent care or a walk-in clinic. A lot of it kind of depends on what your symptoms are and uh, what you're experiencing. Despite the rise in respiratory illness, Corwell is not re-implementing a mask mandate. There's also no move to limit visits by family members of patients at this time. Southwest Michigan will get a blast of wintry weather this week after a relatively mild December. National Weather Service meteorologist Maddie Johnson tells us the snow that started that is to start tonight will give way to rain by the morning for the commute tomorrow. However, that's not all we're getting this week. We are keeping tabs on a stronger system that is set to move through Friday into Saturday, and that'll bring us some snow chances as well as some very gusty winds, maybe winds up to about 35, 40 mile an hour gusts. Johnson says it's too early to say how much snow we'll get this weekend. She notes the winter so far has been quite tame around the region. Looks like Niles, Michigan had a total of an inch of snow in December, and that tied for the fourth least snowiest on record. As you're headed to work tomorrow, Johnson advises drivers to give themselves plenty of space between vehicles. She adds untreated roads along with bridges could be slick tomorrow morning. Cornerstone Alliance is going to address housing issues in southwest Michigan with a new grant announced by the state this week. Cornerstone Vice President of Business Development Andrew Hahn tells us the $50,000 grant from the Michigan Department of Labor and Economic Opportunities Office of Rural Prosperity will help the group work with communities to create a plan for housing development and rehabilitation. The most recent data show a need for housing of all kinds across the county. From single-family homes to things like duplexes and triplexes and quads to multifamily, there's opportunity in the market for all of it. You know, we've actually just commissioned a residential market analysis that we're looking forward to having results for in the coming months. But if the trend lines hold from the most recent one that was done in 2016, there's room for hundreds of new units across the counties. Hans says Cornerstone Alliance will seek out four communities in particular to work with and then begin a study. The state this week announced a total of $852,000 in grants for 19 rural communities to help them address issues like housing and health care access. A group of Michigan Republicans has voted to remove Christina Caramo as their party chair. The growing push over the past few weeks to remove Caramo reached a breaking point Saturday as a faction of the party's state committee gathered in Oakland County and voted to oust the GOP chairwoman. Caramo, who did not attend the meeting, claims it was not official and was illegally organized. She says that she'll fight the results. We will be doing everything possible to hold these individuals accountable. Um, our bylaws permit for it, but they will not get away with this. They will not be allowed to serve again as state committee members because it's, it's very clear the process. Every organization has rules, and individuals don't get to break the rules and still be able to participate in the party. 
So we will be holding these individuals accountable. Karamo doesn't accept the 2020 presidential election results either. This latest dispute could set the stage for a court fight to determine control of the highest position in the state GOP. Current co-chair Melinda Pago was named as the acting chair following the vote. Meanwhile, another meeting is set for next weekend with a proposal to have candidates nominated by precinct delegates and not voters. Nominations are now being taken for the Michigan Public Health Week Partnerships Hometown Health Hero Awards for 2024. The Michigan Department of Health and Human Services says the program has been around for 20 years and 10 awards will be given out this year. The partnerships Jim Koval tells us they want to honor people making a difference. The Hometown Health Hero Award seeks to highlight individuals or groups that are doing significant and measurable work within their communities to improve the health and safety of the local community. Koval says all kinds of individuals and organizations can be hometown health heroes. District court judges in the past awarded. We've had a county commissioner back in 2010 receive the award. There was a group at Meyer back about 10 years ago that developed a nutrition labeling system that Meyer pioneered. That group also won the award. Past winners have included Benton Harbor Department of Public Safety Director Dan McGinnis in 2020 for his efforts to fight illegal dumping and Southwest Michigan Behavioral Health in 2018 for fighting the opioid epidemic. Colville says nominations are being taken through January 31st. The winners will receive their awards at a ceremony at the Michigan Capitol in April. We'll have links to make nominations on our website. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has announced an art contest for the 2024 State of the State program cover. The governor is calling on Michigan K-12 students to come up with a creative design for the program cover following the theme, A Classic Michigan Story. The governor will lay out her vision for the state in 2024 with the State of the State set for January 24th at 7 p.m. Students who want to enter the program book art contest are encouraged to be as creative as possible and are welcome to use anything from crayons to markers to paints or any other material. Designs can be submitted online, and we'll have a link at our website. Entries must be submitted by January 15th. The student artist who creates the winning design for 2024 will receive a gift box from Cherry Republic. Governor Whitmer says she can't wait to see the art that students send in. Everyone's invited to a series of webinars planned by the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy, and the Michigan Department of Natural Resources focusing on invasive species. DNR Invasive Species Specialist Joanne Foreman tells us people often don't know what they can do to help stop the spread of invasives. However, they do care about the damage that invasive plants and insect species do. I think anybody who likes the outdoors is right away going to be concerned when they notice whether it's a plant or an insect or something in the lake that they're using that seems to be taking over and making it different than it used to be. That's the real baseline of why people should be concerned. The next webinar will be January 23rd with Dirt Never Hurt But Invasive Species Do, a webinar that will focus on how ORVs can spread invasive plants. Foreman says ORVs, like anything else that moves from one outdoor area to another, can inadvertently spread invasives. Humans are largely responsible for spreading invasive species, even though we don't mean to. So the more awareness we have about which invasive species are out there, where you might encounter them, and how they are spread, the more likely we are to reduce the chance of these things moving. The next engagement will be February 7th with What's the Damage? Ecology and Effects of Invasive European Frog Bit in the St. Mary's River, focusing on another invasive plant that Foreman says can quickly crowd shorelines. The webinars are always an hour long and start at 9 a.m. Everyone's welcome to attend, and you can also watch previous webinars. We'll have links at our website. And the Congregation of St. Joseph First United Methodist has announced a new look and affiliation to kick off the new year. As the first recorded church in St. Joseph, the organization says it's worshipped with and served countless individuals since its start as a mission in 1830. 
The church has changed its name and will now be known as Pathway. It's also announced a new logo, website, and brand. And it's uh, voted to affiliate with the Global Methodist Church. Senior Pastor Dan Colthorpe says all the uh, changes will, quote, give the church a chance to connect and share blessings with the Global Methodist Church members around the world while we continue to offer high-quality worship, ministries, and missions that our church is well-known for here at home. The Global Methodist Church was formed as a result of a schism within the United Methodist Church as two sides debated whether to recognize same-sex marriages and the ordination of non-celibate gay clergy. The Global Methodist Church is the more conservative of the two movements. To find out more about the newly rebranded Pathway, go to pathwaymethodist.org. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News Now continues. NTSB investigators are in Portland, Oregon, inspecting that Alaska Airlines Boeing 737 MAX 9 that had what's called a door plug rip right out on a while in flight on Friday evening. All of MAX 9s are now grounded, but the FAA has issued inspection rules for airlines to get them back into service. We're learning more about what was uh, what was like on board that flight, says ABC's Alex Stone. Just to give you an idea of how violent it was, and thank goodness they were only at 16,000 feet, it would have been much more violent at higher altitudes. But even at that altitude, the explosive decompression ripped open the cockpit door meant after 9-11 to stop an intruder, and the pilot's laminated emergency checklist flew out all the way to the back of the plane and out the hole. Cell phones and clothing also went out. Incredibly, it was a pretty full flight, but nobody was sitting in the window or aisle seat right there at row 26. An Israeli airstrike has killed an elite Hezbollah commander in southern Lebanon. It's the latest in an escalating exchange of strikes along the border that have raised fears of another Mideast war, even as the fighting in Gaza exacts a mounting toll on civilians. A Lebanese security official said a today's strike on an SUV killed a commander in a secretive Hezbollah force that operates along the border. Hezbollah identified the slain fighter as Wassam al-Tawil without providing further details. He's the most senior Hezbollah militant to have been killed since the October 7th by Hamas in the southern Israel, which triggered an all-out war in Gaza and lower-intensity fighting between Israel and Hezbollah. It's escalated since an Israeli strike killed a senior Hamas leader in Beirut last week. President Biden on the campaign trail today was speaking in Charleston, South Carolina, when he was interrupted by a handful of protesters. Here's ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden was interrupted during his speech at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston Monday by protesters calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. The president let the protesters continue. They were escorted out by security as his supporters chanted... The president weighed in briefly before continuing his remarks. I've been quietly working with the Israeli government to get them to reduce and significantly get out of Gaza. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. In the last week alone, an Israeli airstrike has killed a Hezbollah commander in Lebanon. Hezbollah struck a sensitive Israeli base with rockets, and Israel killed a senior Hamas militant with an airstrike in Beirut. Each strike and counterstrike increases the risk of the catastrophic war in Gaza spilling across the region. There are fears that any party could trigger a wider war if only to avoid appearing weak in the decades-old standoff, pitting the U.S. and Israel against Iran and allied militant groups. As the intertwined chess games grow more complicated, the potential for miscalculation rises. 
There are concerning numbers regarding the flu and COVID from the CDC. Here's ABC's Derek Dennis. The CDC says respiratory illness is either elevated or increasing across most areas of the country, with 38 states plus New York City seeing high or very high levels. That's up from 31 states last week. And flu hospitalizations continue to increase, up 35% with some 10 million cases, 110,000 hospitalizations, and 6,500 flu-related deaths so far this season. And Golden Globes host Joe Coy is speaking out about the negative reviews he's been getting as the MC of the show. Here's Jason Nathanson. Yeah, that's a tough room. Comedian Joe Coy tells GMA3 he's seen the bad reviews of his Golden Globes hosting stint Sunday night. You know, I, I'd be lying if it doesn't hurt. He says he just didn't have enough time to prepare, only 10 days, and tried to explain one joke that fell flat about the NFL always showing Taylor Swift when she attends games to support her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. It was a weird joke, I guess, but uh, it wasn't. it was more on the NFL, you know what I mean? I was trying to make fun of the nfl using cutaways the globe's camera cut to swift after the joke she did not appear amused jason Athens and abc news hollywood